Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Star Wars Summit by Summit episode 2,663. All right, we are turning Monday into Fet Day over the next few weeks and maybe months, actually, quite honestly. We're going to start taking a look at Boba Fett's history because he's a character about whom we know rather little, and yet he's about to become even more prominent than ever with his new series, The Book of Boba Fett, debuting on December 29th. So today, we're going to talk about the first two stories in which he appears in the canon timeline. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Boba Fett, right? Bigger deal being made out of him than ever before. And so, to get to know Boba Fett better, I'm taking a look back at the stories that have been told about him, because there have been a few more. It used to be the case that it was just, you know, Empire and Jedi and that was it. But over the years, there have been more stories told about him, and then, of course, more were wiped out when the canon rebooted in 2014 but now we're going to look at what still stands from that canon also the stories that have been told since then but looking at it from the chronological timeline perspective and we'll do it with the same kind of framework that we've done some previous episodes talking about seven top takeaways and in this case we're going to combine two of the earliest Boba Fett stories which are the Age of Republic comic book one shot focused on Jango Fett which involves Boba and then Attack of the Clones the movie yeah that whole movie. So I'll start by saying that, with the first takeaway, this seems to be Boba Fett's first mission out. I mean, he is dealing with bounty hunters with whom he has no association whatsoever, and when he asks Jango, says, why can't we work with Cad Bane or Zam Wessel or, or a Singh, you get the idea that, or, you know, from Jango's response, that Boba's aware of them, but he hasn't necessarily gone on missions with them. He doesn't know how they operate. Like, he's, you know, familiar enough with them as people, but the unknown factor is what Django wants to teach Boba on this mission and so that's why he's working with bounty hunters that Boba's never heard of before but the point seems to be that this is actually a first mission because of the conversation that the two of them have around the subject and that rolls into a second takeaway which is that Django has definitely been giving Boba extensive training already because there's an incident at the end of the story where these unknown bounty hunters try to jump Boba and you know, threaten him and say hey Django will kill the kid if you don't give us the whole bounty and Django says yeah good luck with that basically which is a heck of a thing to say when a bounty hunter has a knife at your kid's throat right but Boba has a gun on his person and shoots that bounty hunter that has the knife at his throat and says, yeah, here's a tip for you. Search your prisoners. And that particular line is delivered basically as a callback because the bounty hunter that had had a knife to his throat had been giving him other lessons during this job, like love doesn't count for much and always watch your back. And so, yeah, Boba gives it right back to him. 
Now, a third takeaway has to do with the fact that not only is Django trusting Boba with these life or death situations, but he's also trusting Boba with more complex decisions, like what to do with the bounty hunter who seemingly wasn't in on the double cross, but also didn't try to help Django and Boba survive the double cross. And so Django says, yeah, Boba, it's up to you. You decide what you want to do with them. And Boba ultimately decides that the bounty hunter can live, but is going to forfeit their share of the bounty. And so that bounty hunter runs away. And yeah, that's a rather big decision to trust your nine, 10 year old kid with. Now, the fourth and final takeaway from this particular story has to do with the conversation that Django and Boba have as they are leaving, and Django asking Boba why he decided to let that bounty hunter live, and, you know, what was behind it, basically, and gets him to really kind of dig deep into his feelings and thoughts on the matter. And Boba says, I kind of wanted him to run away because I wanted him to spread the word. I wanted him to you know, do something about the reputation, like nobody messes with Django Fett. And Django says, actually, yeah, it's nobody messes with either of us. Like it's building reputation. And part of the earlier conversation that they have in this story is about how Django's at the point where he can choose whatever jobs he wants. He doesn't have to work with anyone if he doesn't want to. But Django says, hey, you know, it took me a long time to develop this reputation. Like, I didn't have it from the beginning. But here's a situation where you just started building your reputation and did it in a very strong and powerful way. And I couldn't be more proud of you. So isn't that a wonderful father-son bonding moment? It does make me wonder, though, if something had gone bad on that mission and Boba had gotten killed, you think Django would have asked the Kaminoans to give him another unaltered clone. I mean, you know, I kind of think he might have. And yeah, uh, I don't know if that's part of the reason why Django was so, you know, casual about, oh yeah, good luck, like to see you try. Like if he's just has the attitude of, I'll just have the Kaminoans make another, or if it really was just, this is how I need to train the kid or maybe some combination of both. And by extension, because we're talking about Boba Fett, you have to wonder what's going on in Boba Fett's mind. And he apparently seems to think that this is normal and natural and that's what he's been trained for. Like this is basically a kind of indoctrination, if you will. And I'd say we learn more about young Boba Fett from that 124 page comic than we do in Attack of the Clones, but I still have a couple of takeaways to consider for you there. The fifth one overall from this episode is that Boba is already learning a second language and there's a question as to whether that second language is Hatiz or whether it's just a coded language. So there's a moment when Obi-Wan is talking to Jango Fett and Jango kind of walks around and says something to Boba and it's roughly rude at Sohik, right? Rude et Sohik. And looking at that, rude is just door spelled backwards and et is the spelled backwards, but Sohik, S-O-H-E-E-C-K, like doesn't quite translate to anything, but there are some sources that are saying it's Hatiz for him saying Boba closed the door and some saying that it's a coded language. So it's hard to know what the actual case is. 
But the point for us to take away is that Boba is already fluent in at least two languages <laughs> because of his upbringing with Jango Fett. For a sixth takeaway, I'll point out that he's not just learning other languages, he's also learning how to fly ships. So you'll recall when Obi-Wan decides to go back after Jango Fett and Jango says, Boba, get on board. Boba climbs into the you know, pilot seat and starts booting the systems up and gets it floating around basically. So he is already starting launch sequence and getting the ship prepared for takeoff. So that's some complex stuff. I mean, even Hera wasn't doing takeoffs and landings when we met young Hera in the Bad Batch, right? And also, he's learning how to operate the weapon systems because he starts firing the cannons at Obi-Wan and does a really credible job because he nearly toasts Obi-Wan. And then the seventh thing, which is probably the most obvious thing, but, you know, to be thorough, let's just put it out there. Boba definitely does not like Jedi. He learns not to like Jedi in this episode. I mean, Jango, after the conversation that he has with Obi-Wan, and as Obi-Wan's leaving, says, always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. And it's hard to know whether he means that for certain. And at this point, we don't know whether Boba and Jango have had any other experiences with Jedi and whether they've had any conversations about it. We don't know. But over the course of the movie, first of all, Obi-Wan comes after Jango and fights him, so that's not going to sweeten Boba on the Jedi. Then, when the Jedi show up on Geonosis, Mace Windu puts a lightsaber blade to Jango's neck, and Boba certainly isn't happy about that. He's right there, he sees it. And then, of course, there's the you know final straw that breaks the camel's back, which is Mace Windu beheading Jango Fett, and then posing dramatically to taunt everyone about it. Of course, Mace Windu doesn't know that he's actually taunting poor Boba in the process, but he is because Boba sees the whole thing. And so, yeah, this is where Boba learns to really, really hate the Jedi. And there you go. That's what we learn about Boba Fett from the first two stories, chronologically speaking, in the current canon timeline about him, the Age of Republic Jango Fett one, number one one-shot and Attack of the Clones. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders, may the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.